we, we map the employee journey and experiences that an employee has. We look at the employee life cycle and we look at all of those experiences and we look at what that needs to look like in different stages. We do things where we can really hear, learn, and better understand the employee sentiment directly from employees. We have feedback mechanisms built in that allow us to continually evolve. And we really look at that feedback that we get on our experiences as a gift. So we welcome it. We want to hear what did we do and how did it land? How can we make it better? Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to today's discussion. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm really thrilled to have you here. We actually have two amazing guests from the HR and People team over at PayPal joining us for the conversation today, Ramesh Moragan and Adela Bell, and they are incredible, as you'll see for yourself. This is another chapter in this honestly, really fun series we've been doing here on We Are Only Human. We've talked to the team at Takeda Pharmaceuticals about how they are approaching a centralized and decentralized kind of a flexible hybrid structure for their organization so they get localized decision making but also the value of centralized some of the hr functions there really really interesting insights from that conversation we also talked with karen over at united health group to learn about how to innovate within hr she gave us some amazing insights on things like how to get stakeholders on board, how to make a pitch for an idea and really get the team to buy into it, and how to adapt your approach and the art and science of influence. It was such a fun conversation with Karen. And today, we're going to continue that trend. We're talking to the team at PayPal, as I said. All these companies that we've talked to are actually IBM talent and transformation clients. They are leading these insightful, innovative HR transformation journeys, and it's been so much fun to learn alongside them as they're sharing some of their insights from those. If you want to learn more about how IBM is doing that with their clients, you can visit ibm.biz slash talent acquisition. That's ibm.biz slash talent acquisition. I'll make sure that link is in the show notes so you can check it out because, again, they're doing good work, as you'll hear. So speaking of transformation journeys and innovation, we're going to hear shortly, I'm going to get off and bring them on. You're going to hear from Adela and Ramesh about how PayPal designs and co-creates these powerful employee journeys and experiences for their people. It's incredible how they actually use technology, not just to connect with their workforce, but to connect their workforce to each other. And we're also going to learn about what it takes to listen to and support your people. One of those challenges every company faces. It's a common thing. It's a fundamental aspect of how we do business. How do we listen to our people, respond to what they need, develop and design solutions that solve what they're looking for? It's a really fascinating challenge. And PayPal has some great insights on how to do that, how to do that well, how to do that with great results. So I think you'll enjoy it. Now, on with the show. Hey, everyone. I'm Ben Eubanks. Welcome to We're Only Human. I'm so glad to have you here for another great conversation with a pair of phenomenal HR talent learning leaders that are going to talk to us about 
what they're doing employee experience, how they're redesigning that, how they're approaching that. I'm just really excited for this. So Adela, Ramesh, both of you from PayPal, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for Thank having us, for, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. This is a treat for me. So you're excited to be here, but I'm going to be over here taking notes, learning from you both. I cannot wait. We had a brief conversation the other day just to think through how we can bring out the best part of your story. And I'm excited to hear it today. So before we dive into the nuts and bolts and, and the fun stuff, why don't you tell us about who you are and what you do? My name is Ramesh Morgan. I'm um, heading up the employee experiences at PayPal. In terms of what we do, my team generally partners with uh, various functions in defining the technology strategy, especially around employee experiences. And, but more importantly, bringing the innovation to support what I call as a digital transformation. And hi, my name is Adela Bell, and I lead employee and technology experiences for the HR business unit here at PayPal. My team partners with the HR business unit and HR leadership to help define the next generation of capabilities that will transform HR and that will enable PayPal to compete in the ever-evolving, changing business climate that we have today. Excellent. Wonderful. So one thing that, again, I've already heard a little preview of this, and I'm excited to dig into the full story. One thing that I've heard from you is that you have come a long way in the last few years, right? PayPal has always cared about treating employees well, doing the right things by them, but you've taken this kind of quantum leap in the last few years around designing and really delivering an employee experience you're proud of. Where did that whole thing start? In early 2019, we started off with the reimagining of an employee experience the context of a digital transformation. What we wanted to do is to put our employees at the forefront of what we do, but more focused on what employees want to know, wants to do, wants to learn, and needs to take care of, and especially through their journey at a PayPal. And the approach that we took was more about learning through experimentation by taking what I call as a few day-to-day -day moments, which is generally abstracted from the traditional backend systems. And then we focus more on deliver one-touch experiences. Uh, part of our strategy is also to meet our employees where they are. The example that I can give is, how do you think about enabling experiences through multi-channel? We have a portal, we have a mobile, we also have of a collaboration tool, such as Slacks and Teams. In the way that we went about, as I'll give to give a few examples, the great that we went about was taking uh, multi-step, more than one-click uh, experiences into what we call as a one-touch experiences. For example, giving experience, giving recognition as a one-touch experience. We also consolidated a lot of our commonly used or touched manager approvals. And then we also extended these experiences very specific to locations, such as ordering food ahead for our San Jose employees and transportation requests for our Chennai-based employees. So that's how all it started. That. I love the idea of, of taking something that's really complex, that's not 
that can be challenging for an employee. And some of those things that, that they might need to do, if you don't make it easy, they might not do it at all on recognition, as an example. But some other things, so you're talking about the, the pieces for localized employees, things that they need there. Some of those can be stressful, challenging to get through. And they're not coming in there with a big smile on their face to do it. They're doing it because they have to do it. And making it one touch, making it as simple and streamlined as possible, that's got to have some impact on those people as they're going through their day, whether it just makes them smile because it's easy or enable, it frees them up to actually do the work that they're paid to do. Any comment on that? Certainly. I think you can get to hear those feedback directly from employees to your point. And people are pretty excited, especially many times in San Jose when you have about 30 minutes, sometimes overlapping with the meetings and things that you can do. And, uh, you can order the food ahead and go and pick it up in a few minutes and come back and do your personal stuff. As an example, was what's a great giving for them? We got a lot of kudos. We got a lot of great feedback from our employees. Wonderful. Yeah, I would say I think sometimes it's really simple things that an employee might do, but sometimes those simple things actually end up having a lot of friction, a lot of angst or stress because it isn't easy and it isn't seamless. And I think what Ramesh and his team and what we've been able to do is really make some of those experiences that much easier, make them seamless, take the friction out of them. And when you do that over and over again, that's where it adds up as well, because maybe one is just nice and and you get the kudos. But once you do that now as the norm, you really start seeing the impact and the value that you can provide for, for our employees. One of the things that I've seen this year, more companies thinking about automating parts of their HR operations. And the thing that I'm always saying is it's not about the automation doesn't create new value. It's what it enables those people to then do with that freedom time, whether it's for us or it's for, in this case, those employees when they're able to use that time in a more productive way. I, I love that. What about the technology component here? How has that played a role in this transition of the employee experience? Because as much as we'd all love to say we have all the budget in the world to hire as many HR people and, and staff this up and do all this hands-on with human uh, hands, we can't do that. We have technology to enable it. So talk about the technology component here. Yeah. As you can imagine, Ben, technology is another key enabler for us, especially for us to deliver simple experiences for our employees. We have an internal framework that we were able to take advantage of it and extend it to deliver our first employee-centric mobile app, which is very much of a personalized experience, curated information, such as like news and events, like we talked about, very location-specific capabilities as well. The thing about for us was that we launched this early 2020 in February, towards the end of February, just before the pre-COVID situation. But with the framework with the capability that exists with COVID coming and posing a challenge for us, we were able to really take uh, advantage of those existing capabilities to support our global workforce needs. Examples like managing our crisis requests or distribution of updates to our employees is another great example. The, the, the part for us was that it really allowed us to adapt and be agile. That's a very important part of this year. 
Adela, any thoughts from you on the technology piece of this? Because I think okay, that's part of what you do every day. But it, it, I love hearing uh, from Ramesh there, the agility, allowing them to be agile, taking care of the people. It's nice to have that thing in, in place, but I'm sure it wasn't as simple as, okay, we've, we'll just decide how to do this and snap our fingers and here it is. There's probably more to it than that. Technology is there to be an enabler, and I think that's the key. We want the technologies that we have to be able to allow us to do, as Ramesh said, adapt, be agile, be nimble, quickly be able to pivot to really serve whatever the need of PayPal may be or our employees. And again, that's been more important than ever this past year. And so I think what's important is ensuring that we're constantly looking at our technology as well and making making sure that we have the technology that can allow us to do that. And where we don't, that we put plans in place to, to make sure that we achieve, that we build that into our technology transformation strategies and, and plans that we have. Tremendous. So when you're putting together something like this, this is not an insignificant plan. It's, this is a, a, there's a lot of planning that goes into it, a lot of resources, a lot of structure for this. I know uh, Ramesh talked about a framework a minute ago. What are the principles that you follow that guide you as you're designing this and then deploying it into your workforce life? Yeah, so let me try to take that, and Ramesh can certainly add. I, I think there's a wide variety of principles, but I think there's uh, certain frameworks that we like to utilize that really help shape our approach. So first and foremost, we look at business context. What opportunities and threats are, are we facing? What's happening in the market? Technology? What's happening with the regulatory landscape? How does that shape and influence our approach? Then there's the PayPal aspirations. How do we support PayPal's goals? What's expected of us as a technology organization? Things like we need to reduce risk, yet at the same time, increase innovation. We've got to be thinking about reducing the cost of IT and, and other things. Then there's business unit outcomes. What do our internal customers, the PayPal business units, such as HR, the unit that I support, what do they aspire to do? What are their goals and, and their strategy and vision? And it could be making our employees more productive, could be seamless collaboration, or any a number of other strategic goals. And then there's the digital transformation trends. What are those trends in the industry? How do we compete? How do we ensure we have modernized platforms that we reimagine and that we personalize our experiences through digital transformation. So some of that makes up the basic framework, but I think ultimately all of that or anything else that we do really just leads to a vision of delivering technologies that enable business growth by putting the employee experience at our core. And that's really the significant principle in, in everything we do is again, keeping that employee experience at, at the core of what we do. Imagine anything to add there, because I, I, I love that, that principle there of enabling business growth by putting employee experience at the core. I'll repeat that for those of you in the back of the room. Ramesh, anything to add to that? No, I did actually pretty well covered it. I think, and of course, and you can expect from any technology aspect of it, we also indexed on keep it simple. At the same time, it is uh, secure and allow us to scale at a large, because as a global company, 
and we got to be in a position to be able to extend and leverage that at scale as well. Yes. One thing that I appreciate about what you and Adela are saying here is sometimes it can feel like the needs of the employee are at opposing ends of what the business needs. And instead, you've turned that, turned that inside out and said, no, putting employee experience at the forefront, making that the priority is what's going to lead to the right business outcomes for us. And I love how those go hand in hand instead of making them feel like they're at odds with each other, as, as I've seen some of those conversations go in the past. So I love how those pieces tie together and tell that clear story. One of the things that you had said earlier, Mesh, was about listening to and connecting in and understanding how this ties in with the business, understanding the needs so you can decide, okay, which experience we want to turn into one of these one-touch experiences you talked about earlier. Talk about that a little bit. How do you find those opportunities? How do you listen to your people? How do you bring them in, not just as a sounding board, but as co-creators in this process? So I think it actually just brings us really back to the employee experience at the core, which we just mentioned. We spend a lot of time developing personas, understanding who we're trying to solve for, because we have different employees that that are doing different things and and have different work environments and have different expectations. We, We map the employee journey and experiences that an employee has along that journey, both on a professional level, but also on a personal level, whether it be that we look at the employee life cycle and we look at an employee at time of hire and onboarding, or we look at their two, three years into their career with PayPal and they're developing and growing and changing jobs or maybe going through a promotion or a domestic or international move or their personal experiences, because obviously that doesn't go away. The minute they come to work, there's things that they experience in their personal life that they want to get support from PayPal with or that they might want to celebrate, whether it's having a baby, adopting a a child, needing to take parental or bonding leave or different things. So we look at all of those experiences and we look at what that needs to look like in different, you know, stages. We also involve our employees in that process. We do things like voice of the customer sessions, focus groups, and other forums where we can really hear, learn, and better understand the employee sentiment and hear it directly from employees. And then really on top of all that, we take an iterative approach to what we do. We have feedback mechanisms built in that allow us to continually evolve our offerings. And we really look at that feedback that we get on our products or experiences as a gift, as opposed to criticism. So we welcome it. We want to hear what did we do and how did it land? How can we make it better? A perfect example of that is our Aspire app. We launched that last year in October of 2021. And it's at the time, it was our new performance feedback tool, which again, we called Aspire. And it was meant to address the request from across our business for an easier and more effective way to provide and receive performance-related feedback. It also really allowed us to shift to a culture of always-on feedback. And we introduced that app last year on every employee's email toolbar 
but then we evolved it and we made it available as part of the Connect app through the help of Ramesh and his team. And then since then have continued to receive feedback and just recently launched a, a 2.0 version of that app because it was so widely adopted, but we also receive feedback on here's how it would work better. Here's what isn't clear or what could be done better. And so it's probably not the last time we'll do that. We'll continue to take that feedback and we'll continue to, to evolve and iterate to make sure that, again, our products, our offerings, our experiences are really what our employees are looking for. You talked about personas there and someone that's, if someone's listening to this that has some marketing background, they're going to immediately get what you mean by a persona. But I don't know if that's something the average HR leader knows about. So would you be willing just to take a second, give an example, you talked about a couple different, you know, areas where that might apply, give an example of how you would build out a persona, understand their journey a little bit, we don't have to go, you know, really deep, we could take a long time on that. I just would hoping you'd help someone understand how you design a persona around someone, figure out what their journeys look like, and then decide those touch points where you could make their life a little easier. Sure. So a perfect example of that might be our talent acquisition process. That's a really easy one to articulate personas around. When you think about that process, we have different personas. And by that, we mean those involved in that process. So one persona might be the hiring manager. And what does that hiring manager uh, need to do as they're looking to open a requisition, advertise for a position that they're looking to hire? There's the recruiter persona. That's the recruiter that's going to be working with that hiring manager and helping identify the talent that's uh, required. You then have the candidate persona, whether that candidate be an external candidate or an internal candidate, which could, you know, in itself be a persona that, you know, a, a different experience for your uh, external candidates versus your internal candidates. And so we really develop all of those. And then we take a look at those and say, if I'm the hiring manager, what do I need to get out of this experience? What am I expecting? And also what's the role that I, I play? And the same thing for the recruiter or the candidate and, and so forth. And that really helps us make sure that we're designing those processes, keeping all those personas in mind, because I think what used to happen maybe a long time ago, not so much nowadays, but it used to be that a lot of processes and experiences were built more from a practitioner lens, whether it's what HR thought needed to be done, what finance needed to be done, or, or those kind of things, as opposed to, again, the actual individuals that are involved in that experience. Hopefully that helps articulate and explain that. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for that. I really wanted to make sure it was clear and that you hit it perfectly. Ramesh, I have one more question for you before we start to wrap up the, the conversation today. One of the things that I'm curious about, we talked about the different experiences. Again, I keep going back to the one touch thing because I have, I have run HR process in the past. I've designed them and to have something be as low touch as possible is, is probably every person that's listening to this is a dream for them. But I'm curious, how do you know which experiences there are we could probably think of a thousand different ways we could we touch employees in their work day to day. How do you know which ones to prioritize? Is it the scope of the employees? We're going to hit one that reaches a lot of people. Is it this one is really a big pain point and it's a big issue. We can tell that we're looking at our data and we need to address that first. How do you know which ones to prioritize? 
You know, actually, it's a great question, Ben. It's a combination of what I wanted to say is what the really employees are here and talk a lot about it as a pain point. And at the same time, um, applying it from a data informing where we have a volume-based transaction or activity that are complex, but have presented opportunity to make it simple. But the great part of it is that regardless of which direction we took, we involved both of our functional leaders and our employees to help us drive that prioritization. Tremendous. Well, and, and I would add, I think sometimes you can look at certainly, as you're alluding to data points and volume of transactions or impact and those kind of things. But I think what also was clear this year was that sometimes it's necessity. It's what is it that we need to do to solve an immediate need for our employees. And again, the circumstances of 2020, of, of COVID-19 and dealing with the global pandemic pandemic really really defines some of those priorities for us almost overnight in terms of what the experiences that we needed to stand up, where technology needed to quickly be able to enable processes, whether it was for employees to be able to request crisis leave and take advantage of programs that PayPal put in place, whether it was to be able to continue to clock in and get paid. Everybody was sent home from physical offices. So again, some of those things things I don't know that we could have predicted or would have had necessarily in our backlog. But again, because of circumstances, they really shot up to the top of the priority list overnight. I'll say not only that. That's a great point, Adela. Sorry, Ramesh, go ahead. No, I'm just agreeing with Adela. That's a great point because a lot of it during the COVID-19, it's a lot about more necessity that pushed up some of the prioritized items for us to focus on. Yeah, I was going to, my, I was going to say something similar. I was going to say that in a hat tip to you two and the entire people team at PayPal, your approach of listening intently and using that as part of your process or how you design any service, any offering you're going to put out there from the HR team, because you listen so intently, you were you were hearing those immediately. It wasn't like someone's, I don't know how to tell my, my people leaders that they were having issues here. It, there were already channels in place or already ways that people could share that up. And so you're, and you're used to listening. So it was, you were able to adapt quickly to that instead of someone uh, that might not be listening as intently. So that's a good on you for that piece of it, for sure. PayPal does a lot of great work, uh, social innovation, supporting the broader community. I was actually have, I can't think I joke with you about this when we were talking uh, previously, but I've been a PayPal customer for myself for, for 10 plus years. And if someone wants to learn more about PayPal, though, the work you're doing as an organization, things like that, what's the best way to connect? Oh, I'll start with that and, and maybe Ramesh can add. I think when you think about the broader community, really, and, and social innovation, which is, I think, what your question is about, I think the best way to understand the impact that our social innovation efforts are having is to really look at our PayPal Global Impact Report, which is available on our website, and, and we have a site all around that. It covers environmental sustainability, employees and culture, and responsible business 
best practices. But in regards to social innovation in particular, the efforts build on PayPal's strong sense of commitment and purpose, trying to harness and deploy our unique capabilities as PayPal, our resources and our expertise to drive positive, lasting social impact through our business. And we focus on really three key areas in that social innovation arena. One is helping to advance the financial health of people in small businesses. We really believe everyone should be able to participate and thrive in the global economy. And that's why we're committed to using our platform to democratize financial services and help improve financial health. We have lots of examples of of that, whether it's our collaboration with the small loans lending platform, Kiva, uh, PayPal working capital or, or other things. The second area is increasing the volume and scale of charitable giving around the world. And again, harnessing the power of PayPal technology and scale to make giving part of everyday life. We're heavily involved with the holiday giving campaigns, Giving Tuesday, disaster relief, and again, really using our technology for good in in that sense. And then really finally, the third area is just around strengthening the communities in which we live and and work and really committed to contributing and being having strong inclusive communities in the places where we live and and work. We have, I think, over 35 different give teams uh, at PayPal where employees can participate around the world and and really drive social impact through different and meaningful initiatives. But that really focuses on the, I think, external broader community. Maybe I'll hand off to Ramesh and let him talk about some things where we use social innovation internally as as well for our internal community. Thanks, Adela. As Adela mentioned, and as we continue to strengthen our footprint on the social innovation facing our consumer customer base, we took a very strong approach for our internal communities too. For example, we launched a new experience called a random connect. So think it as a way for our employees to connect with another coworker or peer globally, randomly at any point. Uh, just to talk about things that matters to them. Our mantra was more about connect, learn, and be inspired. Hmm. Similarly, from a wellness perspective, on the, in, the, in the context of an employee wellness, we also created a new experience for people to uh, state their, the day. How does a day feel like today? And then how do we get information and resources that help to drive their motivation as another great example. So we continue to take social innovation internally as serious as as we stand on the outside too. I love that. So many good things there. You're doing great work. Again, hats off to both of you for the work that you're doing and, and to the rest of the team there. We appreciate you. And I'm excited to see what further innovation continues to come from the team. I really appreciate Ramesh, Adela, both of you for sharing your expertise and your time with us today. This has been so insightful. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank thank you for having us and thank you for allowing us to share some of this with others. For sure. Yes, ma'am. Hey, both of you, you, 
great things are going on over there. And it's amazing to take notes and learn some of the best practices, some of the amazing practices that are happening that all of the leaders listening to this can take a few notes from, hopefully go back and put some of those kinds of innovation back in, focus on their employee experience, make that a priority as well. To everyone else, this has been another wonderful conversation on We Early Human. We will catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.